and I must keep running, running, and 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 running, running, Everybody and welcome to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, episode 230, the big 230, as they say somewhere. And tonight we're going to have a couple books here. There's not a lot of books that came out this week, and I'm going to be joined for the first time in hopefully what will be a continuing deal by my man Clay, who's going to end up talking with me about Amazing Spider-Man number 51, and then for all of you Drunk up in Buffalo fans, Brandon will arrive where me and him will talk. Immortal Hulk and also Black Widow, Widow Sting, number one, the one shot by Ralph, the Karate Kid Machio. But before we go into that, let me tell you where you can find us. Go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where we have reviews for most of the books that come out each and every week. And then also go to our Patreon account, Patreon.com slash WeirdScience, where you can help us out for what we do here and also the X-Men episodes that we do each week as well on this feed. But also you get more and more shows each level you go. You can start at $1 for just support and go all the way up to be a badass and then you get to pick a bunch of things. And one of the things you get to pick is the weekly Patreon-only spotlight where me and Brandon talk about two books each week that are picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh Croopy Boop. And this week they pick Strange Academy number four and Shang-Chi number two. So that's what we end up talking if you want more after listening to tonight's podcast and i will end up telling you if you do sign up you are not charged right away you can check things out you just if you don't like it hopefully you'll like it but if you don't you end up quitting before the beginning of next month then you don't get charged at all but we're going to get into this and like i said my man clay is going to be joining me we're going to be talking amazing spider-man number 51 as we continue the last remain story not that this is an l uh, what is it? LR would be Last Remains, right? This is a regular numbered issue by Nick Spencer, and we'll get into that right now. All right, and we will start off with Amazing Spider-Man number 51, and I am joined by Clay. Hello, Clay. Hello. Hello. Clay is going to be joining me for all the books that Brandon seems fit to not read, it seems, which are, the list is growing. So you will be able to join me for as many books as you ever want because Brandon is a curmudgeon who who doesn't like things because he's from Buffalo. And I, you would I be can finally as catch well. up on everything that I've been putting on hold for so long. <laughs> well, that that I will tell people that I got a hold of you and I said, "Hey Clay, are you reading Amazing Spider-Man?" And you said, "Yes, you were lying. <laughs> you lied to me and said oh, yeah. you were, but you did get caught up for this. You, you did end up telling me you're a lie, which that is fine. And and I'm glad that you ended up you said you had stopped reading at the Gog part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you said that you are now more into it, that you actually wants the Sin Eater. And it's the same with me. 
Uh, I think that the Sin Eater story did up the ante for this, though still, even during that, I was still getting pissed off that we weren't getting Kindred, that that was such a, you know, long, drawn-out deal. Uh, What did you think about the reveal that it's Harry? The reveal that it was Harry, I I will say... uh got a little spoiled just because I do listen to the show, yeah, but yeah. uh it was, it was fine. The only thing that I have a problem with, with the whole sin eater going into the kindred and reveal of Harry was the fact that like everybody seemed a little too, I guess, goody two shoe too. I like N- Norman's whole persona was a little too over exaggerated i feel yeah yeah i think that that was was the big oh my god like i I feel like he was overplaying it and we could find like we could eventually just see a twist oh i was playing this the whole time but but it happened with everybody that the sin eater was eventually like shooting or whatever he was doing with his magic shotgun bullets or whatever yes Yes, the magic shotgun sin eating <laughs> bullet. <laughs> the greatest. Uh, but yeah, even that, like you said, at, at one point, you ended up having like Count Nefaria. He was in Ravencroft and he's just there playing chess, looking out the window, not saying much. But then they even started to shift a little when they were being controlled uh, by Sin Eater and Kindred and things like that, which, yeah, I, I actually, the reveal itself, I didn't get that pumped up i didn't really see that many people like oh my god you know because there were only you know the usual suspects that people were guessing at i actually thought it was george stacy that's who i thought it was uh at the very beginning and then in the issue when you get the reveal at the beginning you see kindred digging up George Stacy's butt. I actually thought that was him rising from the grave. I'm an idiot. Uh, when I was looking at it, I'm like, oh my God, I was right. And then I wasn't because it was Harry. And then by the end there, when you get it, it did seem like it, it, it's like, okay, let's get on. I, I wasn't really shocked by it. And I kind of, you know, want to wrap my head around it still, but I was kind of, it does work out because it does get all of the players involved. You know, if it was somebody else that maybe Norman wasn't involved with, that would kind of feel odd, right? Because you, you have such a focus on Norman going into that and then have it be like some crazy thing that, that we, we get revealed. That I would have thought that that was off. But having Harry, it's interesting. It's weird, though, because we have the Last Remains issues where you end up having more of the Norman story. And I want to know where the intersection is going to be. Like, Norman wants to go and help Harry. As Harry is torturing Spider-Man in the dreamscape here, and I, I just want to see where that that whole deal connects, and then having Mary Jane in is pretty crazy too. You're waiting, you're waiting for the whole kumbaya session. That's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting for a weird kumbaya seance where they're all dancing around or something, and then everybody's fine. But even with that, like I, I haven't even thought of the end game of what Norman would get. Like, it, it, do you think that you could come out of this and somehow? Oh, Harry's back and he's fine. All right, let's go. It it doesn't seem like that's really possible. No, it doesn't seem like it's possible. But one thing that I did notice was that Harry kept on. Well, not Harry. Sorry. Peter kept on bringing up the fact that Harry was dead because of Osborne during the whole uh, running away from Sinister. Yeah, when they were running. Yep. Yeah. The whole juggernaut thing. And it should have hit me then. Oh, this is definitely Harry. But I will admit, when Kindred was first introduced way freaking back, what was it? Holy 
crap two three years ago yeah um, <laughs> it's been a long time eric um, was on the podcast at that point i mean seriously i'm pretty sure i thought it was gwen i thought it was gwen i just i don't know i i i like that it is harry um because I will be completely honest. I think I either forgot or didn't even know Harry was dead. Yeah, so, that's a lot of people said that. So bringing him into the story is like, oh, you know, like I said, I told you, I think before we started recording that this gives off uh, Spider-Man, the animated series vibes. Mm-hmm. And so I get all these characters that I'm very familiar with with that into here. And I think that's what Nick Spencer kind of wants to do. He's kind of doing the same route as I, I know this will cause some sort of controversy, yes. but uh, but Murphy with Batman yep, in the animated series. I knew series. you were going to say that. But he definitely, uh, Sean Murphy, definitely in the Batman, the White Knight deal, and has that whole deal with that. And and with that, that's why maybe I'm digging this a little more since the Sin Eater came in as well. I, I just actually like it because all of a sudden we go from like Gog Stuff that and Boomerang and Jay Jonah as a podcaster, which is fun, but it doesn't feel big. This feels big. And this mm-hmm. felt like once the Sin Eater stuff started, it seemed that everybody started paying attention again. And I think the book needed it. It, it was starting to dip a little. You know, it's hard to see sales now since the whole COVID shutdown and stuff. But even before, it wasn't as high as it was. And I think that that Sin Eater deal has gotten more people back on board. And they better be because we're getting an issue each week. I mean, this is where you're really getting hit with the the LR issues and the regular numbered issues here. But I haven't been let down by these yet. And I'm I'm actually pretty excited about this. Even like I said, I even said when the, the reveal of Harry came, it wasn't anything. And again, me and you both have the same boat. We just started reading marvel recently you know last couple years or so so this isn't like uh, you know oh man i've been waiting for this sort of story for 25 years where there would be some people going but i think that like you said having that feel that even as the animated series deal you end up getting a lot more people involved and interested at least it's like a step in to it so you're familiar with some of these characters and things like that. I, I do like that. But this is, again, it is Amazing Spider-Man number 51. Just a regular deal. Last Remains Part 2. Written by Nick Spencer. Art by Patrick Gleason. Colors by Edgar Delgado. And letters by VCs Joe Caramanga. And it says, previously, Peter Parker has made quite a mess. A villain named Kindred has been circling Peter for a while, but has finally struck. Kindred resurrected the Sin Eater and used him to cleanse criminals of their sins, including Norman Osborn, a.k.a. the Green Goblin. Then Kindred sent all the collected sins after Peter's spider friends, turning them into demonic versions of themselves. Meanwhile, a pen- penitent Norman revealed, I can't read, that the mysterious villain Kindred is really his son, Harry Osborn. But Peter doesn't know that because he was busy running for his life to the Sanctum Sanctorum and withholding most of what was going on from Doctor Strange. I, I have a little bit of an issue about him holding back info because a lot of this Peter's running scared, right? I mean, he is being attacked by, at this point now, a demonic silk, but was the whole order of web turned demonic? They're attacking. He is going there trying to desperately get help from Doctor Strange. And yeah, he didn't quite tell everything, but he doesn't really know everything going on either. Uh, and Doctor Strange is kind of just there hanging and seems pissed off. From the beginning, which kind of leads into what happens, but Silk is fighting them 
And talking and going with the whole deal, talking with Kindred through there, you end up having Doctor Strange trying to free the demonic possession of Silk, and she just looks horrible. I mean, that mouth is is just disgusting. I, I don't even like looking at it. And with that, do you, do you think, like I said, do you think that Peter, like what exactly, he's withholding things, but he doesn't know who Kindred is. He knows that he's had dreams, he, but... He doesn't really know who Kindred is. Like you said, he has the dreams and everything. But also in here, uh, I think it's Doctor Strange that says, oh, Cindy Moon, blah, blah, blah. And I think he assumes that it's Sin Eater. And that's when Kendrick's like, oh, no, that's not who I am. Peter, you haven't told him. And as if Doctor Strange would know who Kindred is. Yeah. Yeah. Like that would matter. Like I could say to you, like I, I was going to send a guy named John to your house to help move. And then you end up getting pissed off at me because the guy's name's Steve. Uh, you know, he wouldn't know, you would think. And it's just I get the idea. But the problem is. Peter doesn't really know who Kim, what's he going to say to Dr. Strange? Like, yeah, it's this crazy centipede guy in my dreams. Like it, when Peter's running scared here, I would think for the most part with, you know, there is the talk going on. That's a little more, but the, the sins that are going in this demonic possession, it, it is leading from sin eater. So it's not that much. And really at this point, you're kind of like, you know, what are you going here? What are we picking through here to, to have problems with? We got problems. Let's get rid or at least get this demonic possession out uh, of Cindy because she's getting horrific and then really ends up going. What it ends up, though, you have this whole deal of all of the, you know, the deals that Peter has made over the years, you know, the one more day and stuff like that, that it seems that Dr. Strange ends up finding full out about and that Peter has gone to routes that he probably shouldn't have and had been warned against by Dr. Strange. But Dr. Strange, you know, like a jerk, doesn't even seem to want to help him then because the whole deal of this is they're going to go back to a call out and they're, they're going to use, you know, the hand of Vashanti to end up going into Peter's dreamscape. All these things that are going to try to figure out where they can get to the the order of the web because Peter, because of the totems, he has a connection. And I like this. I think it's cool. Yeah, I like Dr. Strange as a guest star in books a lot. I, I'm not exactly the biggest Dr. Strange fan, but when he shows up, it always puts the books that he's in you know like this a spider-man a different route you, you i feel like that we get thing. more out of dr strange in other books than we do his own yeah and, and i love because what happens is he's doing his you know mumbo jumbo in his book and now dr strange fans are going to kill me the mumbo jumbo <laughs> but when he goes into other books because it's so out of place like a spider-man now using these two things you end up getting a little you know explanation but it's also cool like you really have it pop where sometimes it gets a little you know been there done that in his own book and he exactly goes to, yeah he goes to use the hand of ashanti and, you know, he's doing all of his deal and it looks cool. The hand looks great. And when Peter does go in, that's where Dr. Strange realized things were wrong. There's something wrong here. And you end up, Peter, like, well, what happened? Well, why am I still here? And he's like, this won't work. I'm afraid I'm aware of what I said. But before, you know, you told me you told me all the truth. But he says, have you ever made a kind of arrangement in regard to your 
and you would think it's identity, things like that, because of the whole one more day or, you know, whatever. He's done a bunch of things and he's like, that's impossible. And then Dr. Strange pretty much shuts up shop like he gets pissed and takes the deal and pushes Peter out of the sanctum. And I also want to uh, dial back just a little bit whenever they were talking to Cindy or Kindred. You notice uh, Kindred uh, quoting the police. Yeah. Oh, I did. <laughs> and I'm glad you brought that up. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I guess Harry's a big police fan, is he? Because, yeah, I'm like, every breath you take, there you go. And it's funny. I, I wish that they would have just all started singing together and, and whatnot. It's funny you say that because last week it seemed as if Jonathan Hickman was quoting Green Day at one point. I'm like, these, these people at Marvel, they're really up on their deal. But uh, not that the police are anything new anymore. When... Doctor Strange pushes Spider-Man out. He comes back. The hand of Vishanti is gone. He doesn't know where it is. And we get a little bit of a flashback of what was technically in the beginning of this this book. This is my only problem with the issue. I I actually thought that this day, it just came out of nowhere. But you go, it it just was weird. It it really did, though. He he is going to this house, which we all assumed would have, I guess, been Doctor Strange's house or the sanctum sanctorum and he is actually going to meet up with black cat first and i do not like this first image of black cat it just looks a little weird i don't know what it looks like maybe she just got out of the shower her hair is very flat Uh, you know i'm a fashionista I don't know if you realize this. And she's not wearing a hoodie, which is my go-to, you know, look. But I, I thought so as well. I also thought it's weird because when he gets there, I mean, he can't even stand up for her to answer the door. And yet after this, he's got to run to the sanctum. And it makes it seem like, it, first off, how would he get this idea of this plan beforehand like he's setting up? And it makes him look like a real jerk himself. That he set up Doctor Strange to get the hand of Ashanti out and go. And it just seemed out of nowhere. It seemed out of nowhere because did Peter know that Doctor Strange would not want to help him? How would Peter go? He's running for his life. He's been beat to crap. He runs and he's got to get to Doctor Strange because of this demonic possession of his friends and people that he even says there's kids They rely on me, but I'll take a detour first to go to talk to Black Cat so that she can steal the hand of Ashanti that I don't even really know yet that Dr. Strange will pull out and use and we'll do that. Because when you go with Dr. Strange, Peter isn't really leading the conversation as much as I think it should have been then. You know, like, hey, uh, what about that Vishante thing from before there, buddy? Like, it, it seems like he is duping the Sorcerer Supreme at his own game a, a bit. And it seemed a little odd there. It, yeah, it, it it did seem odd. It did seem that like with how we kind of we were basically contradicting ourselves a little bit with how we thought, oh, Doctor Strange is here. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it's different. Yeah. And now it's just like, oh, well, Peter and 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 Black Cat were planning on duping him the entire time. It it doesn't make it worth it at that no. point. And then you have to get the idea because they still need the incantations that she had 
taped it. She had, you know, and it gets, it's, it's yeah. a little too, like, I, I don't, I understand that what you want to do is set up the idea that Dr. Strange, and, and really, this is why I think it is forced in this way. You have to have Dr. Strange pretty much make you aware as the reader that Peter should not be doing this. He is not allowed. It's, you know, no, no, this, something's wrong. I'm taking this back. But it, the, what he sees there with, you know, supposedly the Mephisto deal is what ends up making Kindred and all that stuff. So you have to get there, but it's it's such a weird way to lessen it. Like, ah, eh, we just robbed, you know. That. And and Black Cat has gone into the Sanctum Sanctorum in a recent deal, the Jeb McKay book, and has stolen things. So we get that she mm-hmm. can do it. It's Peter's part of it that that just seems weird. Again, I keep going back to the idea. He's like, oh, my God, the order of the web, they're going to die. They're all this. But I'll take a a, a break real quick because I know this, this, and this will happen and this and go there. And it just seemed really odd. And then also, it really makes sense then for Dr. Strange to really be pushing the idea. Are you telling me everything? You're not lying. You're telling me everything. Because even at the end when Kindred says, hey, let him know, you know, I'm kindred. Hey, he's kindred. That ends up not being the real dupe. The real dupe is that they had stolen this from him. And then Dr. Strange almost like, I don't know. He's like, yeah, huh? those young whippersnappers, you know, I just wonder what's going to come from that. But he does go into, he uses it to go in his dreamscape and you end up where, you yeah. know, it is spelled out that he had been there before and it is, you know, ripping apart. It is not well. I like the idea though of the don't ever forget to clean your underwear billboard. I would like that <laughs> in my town. We don't have billboards much in my town, but do you think that some of these are, I guess, uh, foreshadowing yeah, well, because we do see is definitely to me right would ne- the never forget um, is uh uncle uncle, uncle ben, ben but then uh right on the, on the other, other side, side is it says i'll be I'll back, be back. Yep. and it's it's the uh what were they called the 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 blood sucking oh, yeah 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 yep. the, the vampires of I, the web there i i can't read, yeah. but i know what yeah. you're saying yeah that's pretty cool that too and and they were back in so, the uh, in a bunch of those side books with the Web of Order, so they are the big bads of them. So that is and the Spider Geddon yeah, and Spider Verse yeah. and all of that. Yeah. yeah, and also you have the Pump Ken bombs over there. And the one that was just funny, but you, you get the idea too with Mary Jane being there. And this seems like this is out of Peter's control anyway, with everything falling apart. Mary Jane comes sauntering in. And I like the idea that he ends up thinking to himself, Peter thinks like, I know this is a dream. I know it's going to become a nightmare, but I can't, I can't stop. I can't stop myself. And you do end up seeing, you know, the kindred tentacles there and like, Oh, come on, let's go. We'll, we'll do this. And, and again, this starts to get you towards all the things. I still don't think Peter at this point realizes that it's Harry, uh, but he ends up trying to grab Mary Jane and she gets yanked away and then he just gets buried alive. And it's pretty, you know, crazy. And when he pops back up, he's in that graveyard that we've seen over and over and over with Kindred who just sits there and that mausoleum, and he goes in and, and it's been set up and, and you ended up having Kindred even earlier. Like, we had a party. All your friends are dying to see, you, you know, that classic pun. Mm-hmm. And when you go in, there they are. They're all lined up, all these dead bodies for Peter. And, you know, now it's a party. And we'll see 
what is going to happen here. Of course, you have Gwen like right there on that that foreground deal, which is the craziest deal of how you know Peter will react, and we'll see if this ends up being you know things where people were dead before and now they're back, but they were dead at one point. We'll see what you know how this all works out. Um, but it, it's a pretty good thing of him getting face to face finally. I mean, it's finally happened where Peter and this other book, the non LR books are supposed to be pretty much pure Peter and kindred for the most part. So that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, I just, for some reason, I like the LR books a lot now because I want to see what happens to the web of order and or order the web. And also Norman trying to work with Dr. Kafka to get Mary Jane to get Harry. Uh, what did you think of the ending? I, I really enjoyed it. The one thing that I think Nick Spencer really has a thorn in my side for is whenever he does the narration of Kindred, he always seems to go a little too meta with like, oh, you've been waiting all this time. And it's like, yes, we've been waiting for three years. We understand that. But you don't have to keep reminding us. That we've been waiting. It's this long. funny, like he almost seems like he wants to like it's like kind of an apology. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, hey everybody, and yeah, it says waiting, we've been waiting for you, Pete, waiting for so long. And yeah, yeah, we have. And it, it's something that has annoyed a lot of people about this. And I guess maybe it's like, well, everybody, here we go. Like you've waited, now here's the payoff. But you you never even you don't even get the payoff really here. We we want to see yeah. the, the payoff is the reveal when Peter realizes this is Harry. And in my mind, you know, it's not gonna be Peter who flips out and starts trying to, you know, go after him. He is gonna feel awful about this and try to get it through his head and and figure it out, even though what Kindred Harry is doing is, is pretty horrendous, but you know, I, I want to see everything that goes on, but I, I do like the art. I like Patrick Gleason. I, I'm a Patrick Gleason fan, so I do like the art. And I, I like the story enough, but I didn't like it as much as the last couple issues. And and mm-hmm. as we were talking about, the Black Cat thing just seems it, – it seems like a MacGuffin deal. Like all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, what is Peter going to do now? Only to reveal, wow, that was part of the plan and he's going to do it anyway. Like I said, I think it really was just he's not supposed to do this. Really bad things will happen if he does, but he's going to do it anyway without the help of Doctor Strange. And it just was a weird way to get there. If you if you wanted to do that, why didn't he just go and get it stolen? If that's what he was going, they needed the incantation. That's the only thing they needed the words. Yeah. That's what they needed to do. So it was set up that way. But and if that was the case, I I don't know if it would have been like I guess too much exposition yeah. but even if you were to go to black cat first and then them get caught by dr strange yeah, yeah. trying to steal it yeah you know? and then um, and then they had a conversation about yeah, it and then just we'll try it out but you know it's just it kind of was out of nowhere there and even especially when peter runs out he gets kicked out of the sanctum and then goes up on the did you get it yeah i got i'm like well, who is he talking to i'm like what is going on <laughs> i thought that somehow it wasn't really peter then and it, it actually intrigued me at that point like holy crap and then it ended up being eh, you know he, he saunders back and you know they get yeah. him but uh what would you give this overall i i really in- you know, I enjoyed the issue for what it was. Like you said, Gleason's a really good artist. I felt like on some of these panels, it very much was almost uh, Doug Mankey-esque yeah, with the hard lines. Yeah. I think after after talking to I, – I think I'll stick with the, the even seven. I was going to go 6.5, but, you know, just talking about this, 
kind of gave gave me yeah. hope for what will come. Especially like you said, we have been enjoying the LR books, uh, so I, I I would give it a seven. Five. I'm going to give it a seven as well, and uh, it's it's a positive seven. It's like one of those sevens where you know, hey, I'm I'm still into this. I just I was really really enjoying you know the last couple issues and even some of the Sin Eater stuff leading to it, and then. This kind of was like, yeah, you have to get to a point. You have to get to having Peter face Harry, and they got it in a wonky way a bit. But you did get there. Also, hopefully, Doctor Strange is on the move and and realizes what might have happened, and he can end up maybe helping him uh, get out of what he's into. But who knows? We'll see. I I don't know if if that's the case. But, yeah, I I enjoyed it enough. But, yeah, 7 out of 10. And before we leave, let everybody know – the multiple podcasts that you're on because you are on quite you're, oh, you're going mean I, you are going to battle for the Guinness <laughs> Book of World Records at some point to how many podcasts we can be on but let everybody know yeah so I have my own podcast called the Fanboy Comics Podcast mm-hmm. it was you know everything it was Marvel it was DC it was manga it was random stuff that I was doing doing throughout the week but it's basically turned into complete manga yep. and I, I blame you and Luke Hall- yes. Uh, Luke uh, Hollywood yeah. for that. Uh, but I, I do mangas there, uh, usually every Saturday, every other Saturday, excuse me. And then I have a weekly podcast, uh, two weekly podcasts called the Batman News Weekly Podcast, mm-hmm. where I talk about nothing but Batman. Uh, crazy how much Batman could be talked oh, about yeah. in one week. Yeah. There's a lot of Batman. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, uh, I have, uh, the comic book Legion podcast with Mark. And then, which was announced earlier this week, we actually share a network called uh, the Geekverse or the Geek Ultimate Alliance. Uh, I have the Ranger Alliance podcast where I talk nothing but Power Rangers. Yeah, and that's cool. I just saw that announcement. And if anybody didn't know, like you said, we share that I do a Marvel recap show and a DC recap show on the weekends there. Uh, And there's a bunch of other podcasts on there as well that are pretty cool. But yeah, I hope that you will continue to join me uh and some of the other books that we were talking about that we haven't covered a lot on the show because like i said a lot of times brandon he ends up bailing or doesn't have a lot of time and i i just talking by myself all the time is starting to get irritating to me and probably everybody else but like fantastic four stuff like that but i think that you know I will even catch up on some stuff that I ended up not, uh, you know, reading if you are willing to talk about that stuff. So that would be cool. For sure. Yeah. And uh, thank you for joining me. And then since we've been bad mouthing Brandon over and over, we will now go <laughs> off to talk about the Buffalo Kid uh, right now with me and Brandon going through a couple books. See you, Clay. See you. snowing in July and guys are wearing denim vests and one of them has got a rainbow sash up there in Buffalo they could never win it all but they complain about it all the time no gold and white right we U.S.F.A. It's the armpit of the world. 
Right, and I'm here with Brandon. That's an ode to mm-hmm. Buffalo. That is a dedication to you and your lovely city, Brandon. And yes. we're here to talk about two books. Two books that uh, one being a new one, a number one, Black Widow, Widow Sting. The other, Immortal Hulk, number thirty nine. And I obviously, and not obviously, but I like Immortal Hulk a teeny bit more th- than Black Widow. Yeah, me too. But it's a weird book because we've been. Getting back to it, we've been doing, you know, the Hulk for a while again. We ended up dropping it a bit at 25. We were angry. Uh, and getting back to it, it's one of those books that it is consistently good, but it consistently doesn't have that much to talk about new. It, it ends up pretty much telling kind of the same overall story it's just things kind of shuffle into place you get a little more focus on this or that um but at this point i'm kind of worried i i know that people still do enjoy it and it gets reviewed great but i'm kind of thinking that maybe this long form story it it is taking a little too long for some people maybe uh, to go 50 issues to get to the end of this i'm at a point where i'm at a bit of a lull i kind of want to get going especially after last issue we see you know devil hulk i'm thinking oh my god this is going to be a huge thing and it it is but it isn't because in this issue it kind of gets shoved aside you even yeah, read this before me and you just lackluster. said yeah it's disappointing yeah, it, to me it a little just, bit it ends up being like only there to show that, you know, the Hulk personas and that like that don't really want, you know, first off, Brian Banner to be killed as dad uh, because that's what it, it's almost like one of those where leaders in trouble. And so then he's just like, boom, look, I'm your dad. And we see how that started out in the beginning. But we'll get into that right now. It's Immortal Hulk number 39. Written by Al Ewing, pencils by Joe Bennett, Roy, Jose, and Balladrino Brado or Bravo on inks. I'm having problems reading. Paul Mounts on colors and VCs Corey Pettit's letters. There's never a recap because the whole series is the recap. You know, it's not like you can go, you know, issue to issue or at least even arc because it has been telling that long form story, which is nice if you're reading it all. But it, it again, is that an issue as well? Because where do people jump in? If you hear now, hey, I hear this hoax. Great. If you jump into this issue, you ain't going to know what's going on. Uh, you know, it, it, it's tough. And again, it's it's kind of a tough thing to talk about. All the time because of that as well But we start in the below place In the then And you end up having The leader in all of his We've seen his machinations We've seen what he's been doing How he's set things up Seemingly last issue to run into a dead end When you end up having a bunch of things, Dr. McGowan severing Rick Jones, severing the connections of all the different leaders controlled deal, but also having Devil Hulk show up at the end. So you're thinking like, what's going to go on? Well, we see that the leader has been doing this for a while. And his big thing here is, you know, going to Brian, trying to figure out what is going on with his gamma, how they're doing it differently but then to pretty much make a deal with him and consume him, you know, to kind of take him in and get his deal so that as we go even later where we do see Devil Hulk, it it is, like I said, kind of like 
no, 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 don't. It's almost like a Hail Mary, like, I'm your dad. And like, oh, and you end up having all the different Hulks freaking out different ways. But even with the idea that Devil Hulk is the persona that ends up being, you know, the be all end all. If there's real trouble going on, he yeah, shows up down. to wreck house. They end up fighting back against it, including Bruce and, you know, Green Scar, all these things going on with that. Uh, but you get little hints of the deal where you do what the leader wants to get the focus, wants to go and get pretty much the devil himself, his attention so that he can kind of be the be all end all at the end. And again, it, it's it's hard to talk about. It really yeah, is. And there's and when not you a whole lot up, that happens either to really like you know analyze or discuss. It's it's a flashback and then a modern day kind of what's yeah. going on with the situation. And, and poor Devil Hulk doesn't even really stand a chance at all. Yeah, and in this flashback, like I said, the leader's showing that he's smart. He's going through all these things, but also seeing that what he has to do. The main deal is I have to keep. Hulk shattered I can't let And that seems to be at the end what we're Going to get to in issue 50 is when You end up having Bruce and all The personas kind of meld into the one Hulk deal where he can kind of Work this out because you end Up even having this where leaders Says that the Protection for Bruce And the you know his team And all it's all inside his head it's all These personas going And now you're having leader Trying to fight his way to be the top dog of that you end up having even where they're talking between the leader and brian about how the gamma and hey you know you were pretty smart you got that original gamma and the bomb site all that stuff you know that was inspiring watching you possess and manipulate gamma mutates even nudging the people around them affecting up there from down here all this stuff going on because he was controlling everything from the down below uh but again it just leads then to the idea that the leader has thought ahead and even the devil Hulk isn't really going to stop him here because when you end up devil Hulk's going to just kill everyone there, there is resistance between all of them. You see Joe fix it. He just wants mayhem. He just wants murder. He wants the devil Hulk. like, come on, let's go. Uh, but you do have the other personas like, no, no, no. You know, I don't want people to die. You have the, the main Hulk like, I don't want people to die. I just want love. They want, and that's where you add the leader really was smart to get Brian, get the father, because it wasn't a little kid doesn't necessarily want the end of the game to be his dad getting killed. That is a reaction when they're upset being abused. What they really want is love. And that's what the Hulk shows. And again, it's, it's the psychological deal of all this. And it, it's it's cool. I, I understand it's a little more than just the, okay, Hulk smash. He goes and, you know, I'm going to point me to the direction of something and go like the indestructible Hulk that I like where S.H.I.E.L.D. sends him out. Yeah, but I'm almost getting to the I'm almost getting to the point where I, I kind of want that now that I, I'm kind of well, getting we've had this for you know, so long. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of getting a little weary of the, okay, well, I was abused and I'm going to do this, but I want love and let's not do this as a way to take care of the Devil Hulk. Like you said, he doesn't even have a chance here. And things are mutating into horrific looking stuff here. It, it looks horrible. I mean, when Joe Fix It is the best looking dude in the thing after all these things going down, you know there's trouble. Um, but even that, you have that separation too because they're there down below and then you end up having 
the leader grabbing Bruce and they go through a green door. And then we're back at Alpha Flight where they end up having the Hulk, the Hulk that they ended up gathering up in the issue a couple before where he got shot in the head. That kind of set this whole deal with the Hulks lining up so that you can end up breaking out all this stuff going on. Then to see that they have captured Hulk and they're, you know, and Bruce is going through hell. I mean, what else can you really say? It's so quick a thing to talk about because, again, it's the same thing, but it's very tough. If you aren't reading this, basically all I can tell you is it's a long-running story that's based on pretty much the Hulk's personas being a mental illness that is upped with Gamma. And they're trying to work their way through in one of the weirdest, most crazy action deal of therapy there ever has been while a bunch of people are trying to screw with them along the way. Leader right now. Uh, But yeah. And and in the meantime, in the regular world, Hulk is being looked at as bad, especially. Yeah. And so Alpha Flight has grabbed him. And so he's a prisoner. And so it's it's a book that's very much of the mind. While stuff is going bad for Hulk in the regular world, but again, I, the art is great. It, it's and anything I say is going to be the same thing. If you like it up until now, you, there's no reason you're not going to like this. It, it's it's not changed. It's the same. So with that though, I'm I'm starting to need something a little more. And I thought Devil Hulk was it. I thought that when we got Devil Hulk, I was I was excited. Yeah. And again, I might be glossing over some nuances that some people really dig. I've gone into at points talking about this even more into it because of my wife having disassociative disorders. So there has been times where I've even had some nuances to go into. But at this point, again, it's just kind of, all right, we're, we're doing the same thing and I get it. And if you like it, you like it. If you didn't, there's no reason to jump back in and really not a jumping back in point anyway. But overall, I give this a 7.5. Uh, again, it's, it's good enough. Uh, it's continually the same kind of steady pace. But again, I need something a little more coming up and maybe I'm not going to get it until 50 and then we'll see what happens. And then if, if it stinks after that, whoever takes over, then I'll be like, oh man, that stinks. But I kind of had enough of this story at this point. But what about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of going the same way, especially, uh, you know, being excited with how the last issue's cliffhanger kind of left us dealing with something I, I was looking forward to. And then, uh, you know, this issue which is dealt with rather quickly and in some more psycho babble and, you know, the typical Hulk yeah. stuff we've been dealing with. Um, you know, the, the cliffhanger again is, is pretty kind of interesting. It looks like Devil Hulk's kind of dealt with and dead and, and Banner's like stuck in this weird state with things coming out of his arms and his yeah. eyes. It looks Oh my disgusting. God, it's crazy. It's crazy looking in the down below. I think it killed the Hulk, you know. It's and there's all these green doors things- hanging over him. You know, that, that's all the leader's doing probably. So he has, he has access to, to all this different stuff. Yeah, um, and that's what it seems like he's doing. He's trying to open, you know, he's cracking the code yeah. as we go. But And that's cool enough. Anything else? No, I, I, I mean, I, I would just, give it like, a seven just because it. I feel like this issue okay. to me was more of a letdown than than last issue um, in, yeah. in which I kind of had fun and was looking forward to dealing with this issue. But I, I don't know. It's to find out just the leader keeps getting the upper hand. It's like, uh, 
you know, the the metal books where everyone just keeps losing. Like Hulk just yeah. keeps losing and yeah. losing and losing and losing. So Yeah, and I, I get the idea. Like I, I like the idea the leader's smart. So even with the devil hulk, which should be the end of all, where it should be triggered by the idea that it sees Brian, you know, Bruce's dad, but instead you do see there that some of the personas don't don't want death, they want acceptance and they want love. And that that's a cool thing to kind of throw in there. Uh but again, kind of the same deal. Now, not the same deal. We're gonna go to the next book. And it's a one shot. And th- there were a bunch of Black Widow books that were gonna come out. And they were gonna come out around the time of the shutdown. We were gonna get the movie, all these things coming out with that. We even had facsimile issues. Everything was gonna be heavy on Black Widow including the Kelly Thompson regular series. So when this week, this Black Widow, Widow Sting came out, it's a one shot. It's by Ralph Macchio, not the Karate Kid, the regular, you know, the old Marvel, Ralph Macchio. And so when it came out, I thought, you know what? The the idea of things getting wacky with the timing and stuff, that's one thing. But Kelly Thompson's Black Widow doesn't really deal a lot with the spy stuff in the way that normal Black Widow books do. You don't get a lot of Black Widow action because she has lost her memory. They're trying to figure out what's going on. So this is the perfect time for a action-packed one-shot that's like a classic traditional Black Widow book. And I read some reviews because they people could review this early. I didn't realize that, so I did not. But <laughs> I ended up re- I'm like, oh, crap, I can review this. So I, I get my review copy, and I look at the scores, and then I go reading it. And I'm like, and I see even in the blurbs that are on the whole deal on the comic book roundup where – this is like, oh, back to the traditional style. Oh, it's it's a, you know, throwback, things like that. So I thought, yeah, that that makes sense. That would that's a really good idea to throw this out there so that if you are hankering for some, you know, Natasha kicking butt type deal that we're not getting in Kelly Thompson, though we like Kelly Thompson's book, this would be good. So I go and I start reading it within one page. I had already realized, boy, this is generic as all get up. It is an traditional or classic. If that means generic and and boring and forced, then yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because this is not great. And it is Widow's uh, Black Widow, Widow Sting. And believe me, you you, you point out the Widow Sting during this. It's almost like the the book, if we were doing a and d book and we called it Magic Missile, everybody would be yelling Magic Missile throughout. It's written by... Ralph Macchio, uh, and yeah, he's not the Karate Kid, but I do like the art, and I'll tell you, it's art by Simone uh, Buonfantino, colors by Rachel Rosenberg, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham, and you end up Natasha Romanoff was trained from childhood as an assassin and spy for the Russian government's Red Room. Disillusioned with this life, Romanoff eventually dis- uh, defected to the United States, where she's put her deadly skills to use in the service of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Avengers, and others. She's completed countless successful missions. The tales of many remain untold. The following is one such story in the legendary career. So it is like... This is from the files Because right away When you hear S.H.I.E.L.D. now You're like, what? S.H.I.E.L.D.? So you go in Now, it starts off At the Long Island estate Of crime boss Silvio Manfredi Silvermane And you have the deal Where Natasha Has already been given An alibi And an outfit To attend the party Going on Is the outfit just thrown In the bushes? For her to pull Yes, why do, Why if you are S.H.I.E.L.D. setting up a deal where you're sending Black Widow in undercover 
as a crime boss's second in command, do you ever go in and fight everyone as Black Widow to then grab the, the dress out of the bushes? Because if you are doing that, somebody's going to find these bodies. This is the S.H.I.E.L.D. intern team running the mission here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> why? You have a set up alibi. She goes to that. She gets this dress and puts it on and then goes into the party. There, why is she fighting her way in? There is no reason for that. She gets you have found in about two seconds, too. It's not even yeah, and, 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 and two things she ends up saying, and I do love that she ends up, you know, getting this dress out of a, a attache case in the bushes. She puts it on, I don't know where. Yeah. And then seems to stash away the, the Black Widow costume, I don't know where, and goes in and starts having some champagne. Everybody's get it's a it's a meeting of all the crime bosses. So they, they come up to her and you even have uh you have Manfredi there with his his hired goon Marco and like, Who who's that sexy lady? And they go over Oh, who are you? And he's, oh, oh, I, I'm here for Carlos Masella from New Orleans. He sends his regrets. He couldn't come. You know, he, he ate bad poi or something. And, and I'm here in his place. And right away, Manfredi, he don't believe no. it. He's like, that, that doesn't, that sounds weird. Check into that. But also there is a lady there. Now, as you have Natasha getting in and fighting everyone for some reason to get into this party. You end up, she's, yep, a month ago, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent disappeared, and, and I, I'm going to see if I can find her as well. And when they go in, there's this mask, kabuki mask-wearing lady with the crime boss, and I wonder if that's, and then she's like, uh, I'm like, why would this guy capture a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent? Disfigure her face is what yes. we find out, but then have have her walking around yeah. with him. She's not brainwashed or anything. She's perfectly fine at the end when she's talking to Natasha. Why, why didn't he yeah, kill her? Th- there's the no reason he around. wouldn't. And then disfigure her, but then give her a mask. Well, and she's not referenced at any point. Like, he's talking to this room of mob bosses. He could easily say, listen, you guys get on my side. He pulls out a weapon later to prove it. But if not, I'm going to do this to your face and pulls the mask off. That would be more oomph to me than... I'm going to send you to a a parallel dimension here. (laughs) In the meantime, you have a month ago agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. that the only thing you did was scar her face. What that means is she's mad. She's She's waiting to stab you in the back. She is pissed. (laughs) She is and, and has plenty of time to do it. And then does, but they, it's all all the crime bosses. Hey, everybody, you know, it's one of those to to crime, and they're all hey. And he's like, hey, everybody, I, I decided that we're going to change things up. I get this. I'm going to be the head of hey, all you jerks, and you're going to yeah, you're going to pay me half. And they're like, what? No way! You you crazy old man! You're not going to do that. Oh oh, well, let me show you this. I have the wand of Watum, and he pulls it out now. The Wanda with whom I'm not going to go. I, I did look it up, but I'm going to go with what it says its powers are in this book. I'm not going to just because I'm going to go. Ralph Macchio is going to tell us it can do anything. He basically says this can do anything I want. And with this, if you don't like it, like you said, I'm going to send you another dimension. Boom. These people do that. Everybody pulls their guns. Oh, man, I'm not going to listen to you. You jerk. Hey, I'm going to turn your guns to ash. They turn to ash. This thing is the best thing ever in the world. 
why isn't he using it to say get rid of shield why isn't he using it to just make a pile of money i mean that they're going to go from here so that he can get a cut of their money you have the, the craziest thing where you have spelled out it can do anything why do you need any of these people why do you need anything you have a macguffin that can do whatever you want and the worst part of it is he doesn't even keep it in his hands if this was mine, I would not let it go. Why would you give it to somebody to put away? There's no reason. He ends up there. He's like, all right, everybody. And they're like, man, Silverman, you, you crazy man. You made your point. We'll go with it. All right. But, you know, and he's like, okay, Marco, go put this away. We, we don't need this right now. I mean, really, we did our deal. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? It makes no sense. So yeah, you, is... you go with this. And so you end up where Natasha follows Marco, the hired goon that actually is the guy, you know, who has the wand. Also, at one point, they're like, yeah, some crazy guy, Dr. Strange. He he had it. And then uh, somebody yells out, what if this tomb comes back for it? I'm like, really? Shut your mouth. But the, you end up <laughs> where they hide it away. And the secret deal all again, is this is a setup to make a gauntlet so that Black Widow can run through it. And then shoot her widow sting so we can get the title because this Marco, he hides the, the deal in this, you know, contraption. I don't even know how Marco gets there and gets out alive, but he sets the traps. All you need is, is Silvermane to keep holding it. He, it, if you come after him, he can just zap you away. There's, there's no reason for him, but she goes. And she goes through, you know, a staircase, uh, library books, you know, pull aside the library bookcase goes. She goes in, almost gets hit by spikes until she uses widow sting. Boom, blows up things, goes to the next deal. Widow sting, bam, everything that she does, it's widow sting to stop it. And then she gets to... The, the wand and when she goes to pull it it's got lasers and stuff i mean it's the classic deal but she goes to pull it and it is a hologram and then this marco and her are gonna fight and you have this fight for a while until then silvermane the you know manfredi the crime boss he comes out in a cybernetic suit i don't get it i this, this whole thing is just complete ridiculousness and again yeah. you can say eh, that's how they used to be there's no reason for this. Also, the wand, when Black Widow picks it up and she's like, come on, why isn't this working? And he's like, ha, I, I trained myself for a month to be able to use it. And I'm like, no. And so they end up fighting. And then that's where we see that lady who was scarred with the mess. She comes and literally stabs him in the back. She <laughs> then comes back, gets her vengeance. And then pretty much it ends with this other secret agent, scarred secret agent saying, oh, man, Black Widow, I was hoping somebody would come back for me. But what am I to do? I am horrifically scarred. Nobody will ever want to look at me for Black Widow to say, oh, you know, girlfriend, the shield has a lot of people who do great plastic surgery. You'll be a OK. Thank we'll you, Black Widow. The and then they're done. <laughs> Yeah, and then it's over. That's it. At yeah, one point, you even have you even have Natasha Black Widow call back to Shield and say, "Hey, Shield, uh, I saw the the weapon. It's the the Wanda Watoom, but that couldn't have been what they were going to see at the beginning. It's like they were going just they were going to see what this party was. It seemed and and what was up. 
And then all of a sudden it becomes the wonder with tomb that but again, if if anybody listening becomes a you know, crime boss, a super villain, and you have what is explained to be able to do whatever it wants. Don't put it down. Don't put Work it away. Smarter, for not harder. Don't. Yeah, <laughs> hold it in your hand when you go to sleep. Have it in your hand at the least under your pillow. Have it at anything because. Right away, he ends up – just imagine this, the crime boss. Hey, everybody, uh, I'm going to take 50% of all your profits. No, you're not. He has to send a bunch of people through the portal. He has to make ash of other guns. Then he gives it to him. Why aren't they shooting him after he, he gives the thing yeah, to Mark? Yeah, they're just letting him do they're whatever still they all there. They're all yeah, why, why don't they? Why don't they attack him then? Then, then there's one funny scene where you end up having – you know, there's Black Widow. She's trying to hide near the pool table. And a guard almost finds her. That, that's like one of the scenes. I'm like, really? Like, uh, he almost found her. And then she changes. I got to get out of this. And I love the thing, too. I got to get out of this constricting, you know, dress. But it's just over top the Black Widow costume. It's so stupid. It's so ridiculous. Uh, I gave it a four out of ten. And that's with good art. I like the art. I thought the art yeah, was Yeah, the good art is it. actually really but, good. It reminds me a little of Herberto yeah. Ramos at points. Yeah, um, it does. I would give it a uh, and five. I really like the uh, yeah, I like the art on the cover a lot. I think that that looks great, like yeah. her going through all those lasers and things like that. But me and you have enjoyed a bunch of these Black Widow things. Yeah, you know, we Soska ended up having the Soska run, sisters, the, the current one, and I even this even new like. one. Yeah, yeah, Kelly Thompson's run we like, and this is just it, it, again, it is a classic feeling, but a classic feeling in the idea that I never would remember this story. After it was told and it would be some number where somebody eventually, hey, do you ever read that Black Widow thing where she the Wanda with tomb? I'm like, no, I don't think I did because <laughs> it's not memorable at all. So forgettable. But, uh, you know, and Silvermane, he's, he's in a cybernetic I like how, how you then, but defeat yeah. the robot by stabbing him in the back. He almost doesn't even have a back at all. It's like a spine that just goes. <laughs> and again, I, I would. And uh, here now, listen. He is going into this deal, right? It, what is more powerful, the cybernetic suit or the wand of Watum? He had it earlier. Why then does he think that he has to get the cybernetic? Just get the wand. It's there at one point. Yeah. Send her to a different dimension. He would solve yeah. the whole problem. Yeah, really, get that scarred woman to her. Maybe you can use it and get her regular face back. I don't know. But, yeah, overall, I, I just it, it was pretty laughable, and, and it was a quick read. So I wasn't angry, yeah, yeah, angry. Well, I, but thought it was, I thought it was not, actually – I was relieved when it wasn't an oversized issue as well. So I thought good. it was. I thought it was going to be like 37 pages, and yeah, then it didn't need to be, of. and really what, what it had. And then I was happy at the end. It said the end, and then I realized it was a one-shot. I'm like, all right, we'll go with this. But, yeah. And we'll get back to Kelly Thompson's run for our Black Widow stuff. And, yeah, that's it. That's it for the podcast this week. We didn't have a lot of books, so I'm glad that me and you could talk these two. And earlier I talked to Clay about the Spider-Man, so thank again for Clay to come on. But, everybody, if you want to check us out, go to uh, the Twitters, I think it's called WS Marvel Twitter Comics. Sphere. Follow us, we'll follow you back. Yeah, also go over to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, and our Patreon account, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where this week's spotlight was Strange Academy and Shang-Chi. 
Brandon wasn't allowed to talk Shang Chi. I kept him away from that. He, he needed to. He, he's in timeout. He, he's he's suspended uh, for a week from that. But he did. You did talk to me with Strange Academy though, and yes, we want that to get better. Hopefully, that. it does pick up. But there you go. Thanks everybody, and we'll talk to you later. Later.